It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hi, Masterplan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you listening, as it always is. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Masterplan, author, speaker and consultant focusing on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. As many of you know, I recently visited the USA on a learning trip. One of the many things I did on that trip was attend a podcasting conference. And one of my fellow attendees knows a lot a lot about Bitcoin. I'll be honest, Bitcoin is something I've purposefully ignored on the basis I assumed it was too complicated. So I decided it was a box I'd kind of just ignore and not open. But initial chats with Trace during the conference persuaded me that Bitcoin is a box I should be opening. And if I should be opening it, then all of you probably deserve to know about, a bit about it too. So on today's podcast, Trace Mayer will be helping us to understand Bitcoin, what it can do for e-commerce people. I'm going to be asking him about Bitcoin from the point of view of knowing next to nothing. So we're all going to be on this learning journey together. My number one aim is that by the end of the show, we all know enough to be able to work out if we should be considering Bitcoin and if so, where to start or how long we can continue to ignore it for. In which case, leave it to me to alert you to when you need to factor it into your plans. So the rough structure today is going to be just what is Bitcoin? What does this mean for e-commerce and retail? How pertinent is it right now? And then our usual top tips round, because I thought we can't let an interviewee come on without having to go through the top tips. After that, I'll do a bit of a wrap up for you after we say goodbye to Trace. So without further ado, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Hi, Trace. Can you start by giving our listeners a bit of background about you and how you got into Bitcoin? Oh, sure. Uh, And thanks so much for having me on here. I'm one of the earliest evangelists of Bitcoin. I was one of the, the earliest people to begin publicly talking about and writing and uh, even recommending people get familiar with it. And this was when it was about a nickel U.S. And it's currently around $330. So, you wow. know, it's been, it's been a good speculative investment for people, you know, that have been around the space for a while. And when we look at Bitcoin, it's, it's a new protocol uh, kind of like we use SMTP for email, that's simple mail transfer protocol, or we use HTTP when we're going around on the internet, which is hypertext transfer protocol. Well, Bitcoin's a new protocol for the internet, which you can think of it like money over internet protocol. It's a way we're able to transfer value. And like any protocol, uh, the more people who speak it, just like a language, the more valuable it becomes. And so Bitcoin is really... It's entrenching itself as the money over internet protocol. So and it's so so sorry to interrupt, Trace, but it's it's kind of like a fundamental principle, not just another currency. Uh, exactly, because just like uh, gold, for example, you can use gold as money, you know, as a coin, or you could put gold in your tooth as a filling, or you could use it in your computer for conducting electricity. So likewise, Bitcoin has so many different applications, but the easiest one for people to understand and begin to use is its application as money. Uh, But there will be a lot more applications for it uh, because it's programmable. You know, imagine if you could have a gold coin that 
if this, then that, but if this, then that, you know, so you could, you could actually script the gold coin. Uh, you could have escrow services or, or things like that built on top of it. And that's what we're going to be able to see with Bitcoin. Uh, but you know, we're still in the early days. It's about seven years old. Uh, and it's uh, gaining a lot of traction among the developers. But, you know, they're the nerds and the geeks, but they're building out the tools and the services that everybody else is going to be using. Cool. So the the um, the analogy there with the, the if this, then that that you were saying about, does that mean it's it's very, very easy to use it for subscription services and that kind of stuff without some of the um, the complex... Uh, trust issue pieces that the the banks put in place when you're trying to do do subscription services. Yeah, so that's an excellent point. Uh, when we're looking at uh, this programmable nature of the money, we we actually uh, that was a big use case that people wanted. Uh, you know, how can we trustlessly deal with other people over the internet? And trustless that means that you know there's no chance for fraud. There's no chargebacks. Like when a Bitcoin is sent uh, and confirmed into the network, then you know both the sender and the receiver know that that the, the the trade has been settled and cleared, basically. And it's a way to trustlessly deal with other people because you're relying on the math and the cryptography of the network as opposed to uh, you know PayPal or Wells Fargo or American Express making that change to the database. Because uh, really what's happening is we're, you can think of everybody having the same sheet of paper all over the world. And what we're trying to accomplish is whenever there's a change made to the sheet of paper, we want to come to distributed consensus about what that change is. So everybody on the world, as soon as there's a change made to this sheet of paper, everybody else's sheet of paper changes and reflects that change or that update. And that's really the big innovation because we're able to do that from a computer science or a computer networking uh, point of view. And so currently, you know, when, when this sheet of paper, every institution has their own sheet of paper, their own ledger. So PayPal has their own ledger. Wells Fargo has their own ledger. American Express has their own ledger. The University of Oxford has their own ledger about who got awarded degrees the county courthouse has their own ledger about who owns what flat or apartment. Uh, what Bitcoin does is it disintermediates the need for that trusted third party to hold the ledger. Because PayPal, they can just get out their eraser and change the ledger. They can just change your balance or they can just freeze your balance. With Bitcoin, you interact with the network, with the internet protocol. And so you don't go through any third party. So, so, so is what we're saying that the because I'm going to try and keep us back on the e-commerce e-commerce side right. of it. So what we're saying is that it's a bit like uh, rather than banks arguing with each other and having to ID us and all the rest of it, Bitcoin does that all within its algorithm and its clever cryptology. Yeah, well, cr cryptography, not cryptology. Oh, crypto but <laughs> I knew I got that word wrong. <laughs> yeah, we, we there's a lot of uh, arcane words, you know, and. Uh, but yeah, basically Bitcoin does this authentication and this validation in its network. And so everybody knows exactly how much it's going to cost to send Bitcoins to each other, which is actually really, really low. I mean, right now when you send a wire transfer 
and you're trying to send euros to Hong Kong into Hong Kong dollars, you can't even get a quote about how much it's going to cost until you get the bill after you've sent the money. And it's because it has to go through correspondent banks and like there's this big convoluted plumbing. Uh, Bitcoin automates all of this into the, the protocol itself. And so it, it drastically reduces costs. We have standardized rules in the protocol so we know how long it's going to take to move stuff. We, we know all of this. So does this, does this mean that we've got, um, from the e-commerce perspective, we've got much lower merchant fees you know, compared to the commission we pay to PayPal or that we pay to our payment gateway or we pay to our bank. So that's a cost reduction. And then we've also not got the currency fluctuate or not, not currency fluctuation, but the the markup that people make to transfer pounds to dollars or um, pounds to euros as we go through the banking system. That doesn't happen either, because whether you're in Australia or you're in America or you're in Romania or you're in the UK, we're all using the same currency. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um and to really address the value proposition to the listeners on the show, the, you know, people running e-commerce businesses, I'd first like to talk about the seven distinct network effects with Bitcoin. And I'll just run through them like bing, bing, bing. And then I'll show where Bitcoin, which network effect actually helps the e-commerce players and why we're, we're, we have a solution for them right now today. Cool. So I just before we get into that, Trace, I just want I've just written down a really dumbass question about Bitcoin, but I figure some of our listeners may also be be doing it. So before we get onto the what does this mean for e-commerce and retail bit, I just want to quickly cover off a couple of other quick fire bits about what is Bitcoin. So Oh, okay, let's uh, in, let's go for it then. In the US, you have dollars and cents, right? And in the UK, we have pounds and pence. Do we have that in Bitcoin or do we have to spend 270 quid, $333 in order to transact? Can we spend less than one Bitcoin? Yeah, in fact, uh, the unit, of, the, the base unit of account is called a Satoshi. And there are 100 million Satoshis in each Bitcoin. And so that's, a, that's divisible to the eighth decimal. So you don't even you don't have to spend a whole bitcoin in fact you can spend 1 100th millionth of a bitcoin and this makes payments applicable that otherwise could never get serviced because we can make payments that are fractions of a fraction of a penny in size so microtransactions cool and then um the other kind of dumbass question uh, <laughs> that I had about bitcoin was this is just kind of a currency that can you can how do you get bitcoin as a consumer or as a business convert it into something you spend can you just kind of go to the bank and say i want 100 quid of bitcoin well not most of the banks are still exploring this new technology you know banks are very conservative they've been around a long time there's a lot of regulation around them uh, so we have what are called exchanges throughout the world and this is where people can uh, usually wire money to the exchange, which is held in a custodian account, or they can send Bitcoin to them. And then they make a market uh, where people can bid or ask for Bitcoins for British pounds or dollars or euros, etc. And there's about $100 million every day that's traded on these exchanges. You know, people trading dollars for Bitcoins or euros for Bitcoins or Bitcoins for euros, etc. So it's an exchange kind of like any other currency exchange works, but it's just exclusively Bitcoin. 
Um, well, Roughly I mean, speaking. So, yeah, some of these are uh, are forex exchanges. Some of them have Bitcoin in addition to other uh, cryptocurrencies is kind of the phrase. So there's there's a one called Litecoin and there's one called Namecoin. Uh, and, you know, people use all of these for different purposes or reasons. But, the, the you know, when they need to come and make exchanges of Bitcoins to dollars or whatever, usually people will go through either a broker or a, or one of these exchanges like this. Cool. And, and the that, fees and, are usually pretty low. And that price is set the same as it would be with any other currency. So if you're taking, if you find, if you put Bitcoin in place as a payment method on your um, on your website and you find that lots of people are paying you in Bitcoin, it's not particularly difficult to transfer that into the cold hard cash of your choice. No, in fact, uh, you know, when, when I talk about these seven network effects, uh, you know, this, the second network effect is when merchants begin to accept Bitcoin. And one of the companies I funded, that's actually what we specialize in, is we specialize in making it super easy to accept Bitcoin and uh, get it converted into fiat currency of your choice. So for zero, it's either 0% fee or 1% fee, depending on your volume sizes. And then you can convert 100% into British pounds or dollars, and then it's direct deposited to your bank account the next day. And there's no fraud, no chargebacks, because you know we're using the Bitcoin rails to uh, route the payments. Which is that so whole trust piece you were talking about earlier. Right. And the so way in which that trust reduces the cost to the um, to anyone using it. Right. So there's no there's no trust of the consumer because right now when you accept a credit card, you trust the consumer that they're not engaging in a fraudulent transaction. So because the bitcoins come in and and we know the payment is trust you know is trustless uh, is good. You know, BitPay, which is uh, my company that I seed funded, uh, they'll they'll accept the bitcoins, then they'll convert them into dollars or euros on an exchange, and then they'll actually direct deposit the uh, the fiat to the merchant's account and so the merchant can actually set a price in dollars or in British pounds for the product and BitPay will take all of the exchange rate risk uh, for this 15 minute window when a customer clicks checkout so they give the customer about 15 minutes to send the bitcoins wow so so it's not even as complicated as oh my god my customers keep paying me in bitcoin I'm going to have to go and convert it the yeah. BitPay service actually, you the customer chooses to pay in Bitcoin, but all you ever see as the merchant is the pounds or dollars or euros and so forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, with BitPay, we actually raised a $30 million venture capital round. We have a lot of the largest companies in Bitcoin. Uh, well, the largest companies that accept Bitcoin, they use uh, BitPay. So, for example, Microsoft, Dell, uh, Computers, Zynga, these are all publicly traded multi-billion dollar companies, uh, Dish Network, they all use uh, BitPay to accept Bitcoin and convert it into dollars and then direct deposit to uh, to their bank accounts. And it's all for zero or no fees, uh, which is really nice. And then BitPay makes a little bit on the exchange rate, uh, usually. Cool. So I'm, I'm definitely from that list of massive companies and the massive funding, you know, you got for the business. I'm taking it that there's a lot of people taking Bitcoin very seriously right now. Uh, yeah, they're definitely taking Bitcoin very seriously. The big banks are going to spend about $500 million over the next 12 months just on proofs of concept. 
you know, basically just learning about Bitcoin and how it works. And then I figure 2017, 2018 is when we're going to see some really big uh, applications of it coming, you know, from the big banks. Uh, and Barclays, they just opened a tech innovation center in New York. And I think something like a third of all the, the tech startups in there are Bitcoin related. So, wow. you know, and they're not alone, you know, Barclays, uh, all the big banks are researching this, uh, you know, because it cuts costs and it makes stuff so efficient. And uh, it really removes a lot of the problems that people have. And BitPay, you know, they, they have over 60,000 merchants uh, that they process for. And they, they also have these integrated solutions. So like Shopify, for example, that's one of the 60,000 merchants that they process for. Uh, and with Shopify, all you do is you open your BitPay account and then you copy one line of uh, the API key. You copy that, copy and paste it into your Shopify account, and boom, you're all of a sudden you're you're able to accept Bitcoin and and get direct deposited dollars or euros or whatever. And they have these integrations with lots of you know lots of different options. There's PayPal integration, Foxycart, uh, Aiden, Demandware. Magento, OpenCart, WooCommerce, uh, WordPress e-commerce, WooCommerce, Zencart, uh, Drupal Commerce. You know, so they've built a lot of these uh, different solutions. Membership Pro, uh, that open source plugin too. So you know, they try to make it as easy as possible for merchants to accept Bitcoin and then get the fiat currency of their choice if they so desire. Cool. So, so if we're, you know, if we kind of, it strikes me that it's incredibly easy to integrate this um, it, it into is your now, e-commerce business. You know, it is now because, you know, people like me, we funded uh, these payment processors like BitPay or Coinbase or GoCoin. You know, there, there's a bunch of them now uh, and combined hundreds of thousands of merchants except Bitcoin. But yeah, I mean, somebody had to, had to take that risk and fund these companies uh, but now they've built out the solutions. And so, yeah, it's really easy, you know. <laughs> so the, I guess if we come back to, to my question of what does this mean for e-commerce and retail, I'm going to quickly phrase an answer. So tell me if you think I've missed anything here. But for me, it seems that this is another payment mechanism that's going to make trading internationally much easier and has the potential to reduce fees as well. And yeah. chargebacks and fraud and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a cost saver and it's an expansion enabler. Exactly. You're hitting on two of the core value propositions for using Bitcoin as a merchant. And to illustrate that, uh, I'll, you know, I'll use, a, I'll use a story to illustrate that. Cool. O Overstock.com, which is a publicly traded uh, e-retailer, uh, they compete with Amazon basically. Uh, they were the first publicly traded company to begin accepting Bitcoin. And what's very interesting about this is that there, there are maybe 55 to 60 countries that you can get a credit card in. Uh, but there's 200 plus countries that FedEx and UPS will ship product to. And that's one of the reasons I think one of those big shippers actually was in the seed round for PayPal uh, way back in the day. Because... You know, if we can have people pay us from all these countries, then we can, you know, ship more product to all these countries. Well, now, Overstock.com, 
they can ship product and they do ship product to 200 plus countries. And Amazon.com, who does not accept Bitcoin yet, uh, they don't even compete against Overstock in over 150 countries because they don't accept Bitcoin. They don't have a way to take payment from people in Africa or people in uh, you know all these different countries. And yet Overstock does because they accept Bitcoin. And I mean, as 50 Cent, he he's... Uh, one of the large rappers, he accepts Bitcoin for his albums, and someone asked him, like, "Well, why do you accept Bitcoin for your for your music?" And he's like, "Because all money's money," <laughs> and <laughs> and you know that's really the way we should look at it. When you if you're say you're selling three thousand dollar guitars, you don't want to take a, a credit card payment from Africa because twenty five to thirty percent of those payments are fraudulent. And even if you do take the credit card uh, and it does process as valid you're still kind of scared about shipping the guitar because if you ship the guitar uh, and then it gets charged back as fraudulent, well, now you're out the $3,000 and you're out the guitar, right? So it's better to just not even do business with anyone from Africa at all because, you know, you lose on one guitar and it eats your profit margin for like 10 deals or whatever. But with Bitcoin, as soon as the payment is sent, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It could come from Africa or Russia uh, it could come from an identity theft scammer, right? But you still know that the transaction is good, valid, and cannot be charged back because it's in accordance with the rules of the Bitcoin network, which is this computer protocol. So as soon as you receive the payment and it gets confirmed into the blockchain, you can ship that guitar and you don't you sleep very well at night because you never have to think about it getting charged back or fraud. Cool. So... um those examples you were just giving there, so 50 Cent selling his albums and Overstock, is there, do either of them or does anyone yet publish what percentage of their payments are coming through in Bitcoin in the e-commerce space? Uh, I don't think anybody's really published like publicly what those, yeah. what those figures are. Uh, you know, based on what I've been able to see, uh, it's usually about half a percent to one and a half percent of gross sales will come in via Bitcoin uh, when merchants first begin accepting it. And after about six to 12 months, that'll usually grow to maybe 2% of gross sales. And then, you know, there are other businesses that I've seen where they do all the way up to a hundred percent of their gross sales in Bitcoin. For example, uh, they're these kids. They have a shop called Bees Bros. So B E E S B R O S dot com, and they raise honeybees and they sell honey and caramels and everything. Well, they're you know they're all twelve, thirteen, fourteen. These three brothers. How do they get a merchant account? Right, like they're kids. They they're they're totally foreclosed and kept out of uh, the monetary system that we currently have, and so they accept Bitcoin. And as a result, 100% of their sales at their digital B stand are all Bitcoin because they can't even get a merchant account, which is something else to keep in mind. You know, we get we have kids like this, entrepreneurial kids that are uh, they have businesses and they're going to have five, six, seven years of experience with Bitcoin before they can even have a bank account or even have a merchant account or, or a credit card account. So what I'm what I'm hearing, Trace, is that. It's a viable solution if you can't get a merchant account. 
And that if you're going into, you know, if you have intention of expanding into kind of Africa, um, South America, the far, you know, the, the far east of Asia, um, then it's probably, you're probably going to get a reasonable percentage coming through simply because they don't have any other means to pay. But if you're focusing primarily on the Western world, so America, Australia, UK and Europe, then you're going to see very low volumes with Bitcoin, but it's really easy to get involved with Bitcoin. So you might as well start taking it now if it's not going to distract you from other things. So you're ready when the boom comes in a couple of years time, when all the major banks have finally got their act together. Yeah, exactly. You know, the the costs are not very high to accepting Bitcoin. It gives you an incredibly large new merchant base. And, and I say the costs are not very, are, are really low. That's if you're using a merchant processor and they have an integrated solution for whatever you're currently using. So like if you're using Shopify or PayPal, like it's literally you just set up the account, you copy and paste one line of code and you're accepting Bitcoin. Um, you know, that that's incredibly easy you know maybe takes you 15 to 30 minutes to set up it's one time and then you're good to go uh and then yeah i mean there you know we we know how to send emails we should learn how to be conversant or at least know some of the basics of the new technology that's out there uh you know so i think people should you know take a little bit of time to at least learn how bitcoin works how it functions whether it can be useful for you uh, even if it's you know a little early, because it's better to be early than late. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to get get you on the show today is because I wanted to get. I was like, right, I've now find, found somebody who knows what he's talking about in this space. So let's have a conversation to understand what it is. So then, me and my listeners can work out where it fits in our planning and for our business and everything else. So um, that's been been really useful about it. Now, I I think we've probably explored the key areas for e-commerce right now. Um, I know you mentioned the seven, uh, what were they called? Yeah, so there, there are seven network effects. Um, you are know, you, e- Trace, oh, are, you able to, are you able to cover those quite quickly for people? And then maybe I can put some links in the show notes to more information. Yeah, yeah, I'll go, cool. I'll kind of bang through them. You know, eBay, it was merchants and sellers, right? And then they added a second network effect with PayPal and they became pretty much indomitable. Uh, Bitcoin's got seven network effects. The first one is the easiest. It's speculation. You know, people buy Bitcoin because they think it's going to go up in value. Uh, Once people have Bitcoin, merchants will accept Bitcoin. Uh, Once merchants accept Bitcoin, there will be consumers that pay with Bitcoin solely because merchants accept it. That increased demand uh, gives the Bitcoin miners or the validators more incentive to keep the network safe and secure. Uh, because it's the most secure blockchain of any of the options out there, the developers will build applications and solutions on top of it. That will give more uh, demand for Bitcoin, the need for more tools. So Wall Street will come in with financialization products. That's the sixth network effect. And then the seventh network effect would be this global reserve currency type status. And that's not going to happen for probably 10, 20, 30 years at the earliest. Uh, but, you know, so we're we're seeing all these network effects beginning to take root. Uh, and, you know, that, that's why people, I think, should learn more about how Bitcoin works and at least try to get five, ten, twenty dollars worth just to experiment with it. 
Cool. So this, the, um, I'm just going to make you recap the seven very quickly because I failed to get them all down. And I know there'll be people listening going, I missed number three. Um, <laughs> but just before I do that, um, it seems to me the network effects are kind of the life cycle of the product and how it's, of Bitcoin rather, and how it's um, maturing over time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could look at it that way. And also, these network effects are all taking root at different rates with each other. Uh, and they it becomes a virtuous cycle, right? Because like the more speculators there are, the higher the price is. So the more it incentivizes the miners to secure it. So we're looking at speculation, merchants, consumers, uh, the validators, developers, uh, financialization from Wall Street, and then world reserve currency type status. Uh, those are the seven network effects. So I got speculation, merchants, consumers, validators, developers, financial, and then the global reserve currency. Exactly. Oh, and so, bingo. And, great, <laughs> great job. And so for the listeners on the e-commerce, uh, the first network effect speculation, you know, go out and figure out how to buy five, ten, twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin and send it around. You know, experiment with it. And then two, if you're a merchant, like, you know, integrate with BitPay, except Bitcoin, you know, and now you've built out those two network effects and you're, you know, and you're, you're able to take advantage of consumers that will buy stuff from you merely because they have Bitcoins. Trace, that's been absolutely perfect. I now personally have a much better understanding of Bitcoin and I'm sure our listeners will as well. So I'm now going to suggest we transition into the top tips round. Uh, this is the section I love because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oh, that's a man. That's a good question. I'm a voracious reader. I would probably say I would recommend the book Flow. It's by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, and he's a PhD in psychology. And the book is all about kind of the rules that that undergird this state of flow. And flow is like, why do we do the things we do? Like, what is the state of happiness or joy? Uh, that really incentivizes us to do things. And so that's what he explored for his entire career, and he distilled it all down into this book. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of really practical stuff for increasing one's quality of life by reading and then realigning one's life according to those rules that are in that book. Awesome. I'm a big fan of the idea of flow and I've still failed to read his book. So that one's going on, on my list uh, <laughs> yeah, in Amazon. And, and one one thing he found is that Fortune 500 executives, they were 500% more productive while they were in flow than when they were out of flow. And so, you know, when you get into the flow, you you can just turbocharge your business because uh, you're just so much more productive. And so if you can actually organize your work schedule and, and the type of work that you do to purposely get yourself into flow, then you're going to be able to accomplish so much more and you're going to be a lot happier doing it. Well, and that sounds like something we all need. So let's move on then to the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I, you know, content is king, uh, as everybody <laughs> says. I think that just adding tremendous value to people um, is a great way to 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 generate lots of traffic and content. Um, I mean, I guess you have to somehow get get some spotlight to the content that you've created. But 
I think if you if you just add tremendous value, if you lo- if you keep lowering that free line right uh, in the sales funnel and keep you know adding lots of value for the lower and lower cost, like eventually you're going to do really really well, both in terms of content and if you can match that content with a product, you're gonna you're gonna make plenty of money. Cool. And then the the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you or your team more efficient day to day? I use Basecamp and I actually use the Basecamp Classic. I don't like their new, the new version that they got, but I use Basecamp. It helps keep me organized with projects and everything. Uh, yeah, I really like that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and now your startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? I would, I would tell them to invest in themselves. Uh, the, the human capital that you have as an individual, that's where you're going to get the greatest return on investment. So, you know, education is the key to opportunity. So you have to learn just so many different things. You know, you, if you want to be successful, you need to understand statistics and how to crunch a lot of these numbers with conversion rates and optimization. And, uh, you know, and it's good to know economics because then you can kind of see the trends and where stuff's going to go. So, you know, I'd say invest in yourself and, uh, and then, you know, above all else. Oh, what fantastic set of advice, um, Trace. Thank you very much for that. Master Plan World, you can find all of these top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Bitcoin. And as a special uh, for this special Bitcoin episode, you'll also be able to get a transcript of the entire podcast so you can mull your thoughts about Bitcoin to your heart's content. Um, Trace, I have one final top tips question for you. If your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? Oh, man. Uh, I would say I'd probably do some type of business uh, with hacking travel gear for like minimalist principles because, you know, I travel a lot and it, it just seems to be like this endless quest to like optimize the gear and and make it comfortable to be able to travel around and stuff like that. So I'd probably do something in that space. Oh, I will let me know when you do it because I'm right there. I do a lot of traveling as well. And God, every time I look at it and go, why do I need so much stuff? Why does this take up so much space and weight? And, and I flying back from New York, um, after the trip to America, I was kind of just, just in awe of the people who'd managed to do, a transatlantic trip with hand luggage only. It's like, wow. Oh, I, I mean, I already do that, right? So my, I mean, my luggage weighs about 22 pounds and I can be gone indefinitely with it. Uh, and, and I do, you know, I like being able to have everything packed so I know when I forget something in the hotel room. Uh, but I think that there's still a lot of opportunity for making things lighter, smaller, faster, more compact, uh, you know, just adding a lot of value there. There's, there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think that the people, uh, that would consume those goods would actually pay pretty hefty profit margins to the people who add the value because it saves, you know, saves strain on your back. It makes it just so much easier on life, uh, when you're traveling. Yep. I think, I think that's a really good idea. I think that's one you should have a look at. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but before we say goodbye, Trace, would you like to let listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Uh, you know, the easiest place to find me is, uh, the Bitcoin knowledge podcast and that's www.bitcoin.kn. And then 
you know, since a lot of the people on here are beginners with Bitcoin, I'd recommend going to uh, weusecoins.com. And that'll that'll help. You know, that's a big resource in the industry to help people get to uh, learn all about Bitcoin and where they should start. Awesome. Thank you. So if you want to understand more about Bitcoin, definitely go and check out those two links. And I'll add links to that, everything else we talked about today, plus the downloadable transcript of the show in the show notes. And Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Bitcoin, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab, use the search box, all those normal ways of finding it. Trace, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for being so generous, sharing your knowledge and experience with us. Oh, I, it was it was a great opportunity. Thanks, Chloe. Wow, everyone! How how cool was that? I know. I literally. I I promise you. I started this off without knowing anything about Bitcoin. So. I am very, very pleased to have managed to spend just over half an hour getting my head around it and hopefully helping all you get your heads around it too. So just to, to kind of recap on the structure I said we'd go through at the beginning. So just what is Bitcoin? Well, it's quite clear it's a currency that is used all over the world and it's incredibly easy to trade in. What does this mean for e-commerce and retail? Well, it's another payment method. It looks like it's incredibly easy to integrate. Um, if any of you have a go at integrating it, please do let me know how you find that process. And we'll, I'll put links to the tools Trace mentioned in the show notes at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Bitcoin. It also looks like it has uh, the ability for us to reduce costs in terms of um, merchant fees and also to reduce costs in terms of frauds and chargebacks. Plus, it finally, it seems a lot like uh, it could open up. If you're planning on going out into Africa, South America, those kind of areas, this is, could be quite key to opening up your sales in those spaces. How pertinent is it right now? However, the for those of us who are only selling to the UK, US, if you fancy doing it, give it a go. But when it's only 1%, 2% of turnover, for the smaller list, you know, the bulk, bulk of our listeners aren't turning over huge amounts. So actually, it might not be worth putting in place. But certainly in a couple of years, once it becomes far more mainstream as the banks get on board and all the rest of it, I think it's certainly something we should all have in our list to review towards the end of 2016 and certainly to be considering by 2017 from what we've heard about today. So I think, um, I hope you've all found that interesting. And I'd love to know what you think about Bitcoin and what you're going to be doing about it. So Thank you all for listening today. Uh, Have a fantastic week. And as ever, keep optimising. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.